Hello and welcome to Culture Sex Relationships. It's um Meg John and Justin. <laughs> episode. Woo! <laughs> Did that a bit wrong, but it's fine. Hello. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> We're back. Meg John has kindly agreed to come on and uh, do a show. We're going to talk about kink, aren't we, Meg John? We certainly are. This is our kink show. Uh, if you are if you're a relatively new culture sex relationships listener, you, you might not be aware of the Meg John and Justin archive. Just literally scroll down in your feed and then there are probably hundreds of hundreds Meg John and Justin shows. Ooh, and gold. Solid gold. Absolute solid gold. And at the end of every one there there are, you know, wonderful blowjob tips, aren't there? Like perfect blowjob tips. Yeah, we always save that to last. So we'll definitely do tips for the perfect kinky blowjob at the end of this episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right at the very end. So you have to listen all the out. way through. That's right. Um <laughs> So, uh, yeah, we haven't, well, we all, we've always talked about kink and kink's always been something that has been, uh, that's kind of interwoven through all the episodes, but we've never kind of mm. specifically spent an episode talking about it. And we've had a few requests to do that. So that's what we're doing today. Mm. Um, I suppose we should really... say why we haven't. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Why haven't we? Well, just because <laughs> the same things apply, I suppose. And that's, the, yeah. I think that's the important thing. In, you know that nearly everything we're saying it's not specific and there's there's such a feeling you know such a common idea that kink is this separable thing but actually you know this in terms of consent and treating people well and all of that stuff it's the, the same things apply the same thing yeah. should be applying um it's just that in kink maybe that in the communities around kink there's, there may be a bit more awareness of these things and in fact quite a few of the things that we we would have in sort of sex advice and sex ed these days actually come mm. from kink communities yeah. that have kind of come up with these like yes no maybe lists mm-hmm. and that kind of thing mm. yeah and that whole idea of before during and after and aftercare mm. and things like that and creating a scene yeah um yeah when you did your uh, work into when you wrote mediated intimacies and you were looking at sex advice books though there would be often sections on kink wouldn't there oh, at goodness. the end they were always like the spicing up your sex life bit at the end yeah and it really made it clear like this is not normal sex and you must be very careful it was like all the way through there was no mention of consent or safety or anything and then mm. it would get to the kink section it's suddenly like be very very careful about you this. must do you yeah. must must do this consensually exactly yeah. and it's like well do it all consensually but you know so i guess we want to strike that balance in this like i do want to talk about consent obviously and and trauma as well and mm-hmm. mental health into in relation to kink but I guess people need to be aware from the outset that the research doesn't find any difference between kink populations and the rest of the population in terms of like likelihood of being abused, trauma history, likelihood of being abusive, you know, all of those kind of myths about kink, Mm. then they don't stand up um, with the research evidence. Um, So so don't assume that there's any difference to a kinky person than a non-kinky person, if we could even divide them up like that, which I don't think we can. No, exactly. Well, perhaps we could talk about that, that, uh, mm. that kink is incredibly common, isn't it? That, that mm. fantasies about think and also doing like kinky things that might be part of sex or might not be part of sex are really, really common. I mean, it's probably yeah. quite difficult to put a number on it. but Well, Justin Lowe Miller did that research fairly recently on uh, sexual fantasies. I think it was on fantasies and it was like just the most common fantasies are around power, you know, mm. pe- sort of power exchange and role play 
um, things that are a bit taboo. So all the things that often get put under that kink or fetish umbrella, like mm-hmm. it was looking at, you know, two thirds, three quarters of people have their fantasies were in those areas. So it's it's it just doesn't really make a lot of sense to pull kink out, as, certainly not to see it as a minority because it's probably a majority, but even mm-hmm. to pull it out as this kind of separable thing from somehow normal sex is like, no, this is what most people are fantasizing about. And perhaps it's a undesiring and perhaps it's just a real shame that so few people are really feeling able to act upon those desires and fantasies. Not that you have to, it's fine to enjoy no. something just as a fantasy, but it does seem like a lot of people are separating out their sex life with other people from their mm. fantasy life, which includes a lot of this kind of stuff. Yeah. And I guess there is you know, there are many reasons for this, but there is a huge amount of shame around potentially talking about it, even though mm. it's potentially uh, a majority held like fantasy um, that people might have. Mm. And there are lots of reasons for that, I guess. I guess in, in in and of itself, what kink still does is to remain very much in the outer circle of the charm circle of sexuality from Gail Rubin. And mm. I guess for a lot of people, there is something kinky about that, that it is something that we're really not supposed to do. And that's why it remains in fantasy world, I suppose. Mm. And it's still, you know, socially, it is still like it's still included in the um, Psychiatric Association handbook of disorders so mm-hmm. sadism and masochism they've included it now where it says only you know only if you're distressed by it does it count as a chronic yeah. disorder you know but just to have something you know first what well, they used to have homosexuality in there and said only if you're distressed about it but like you know <laughs> listing it at all you know suggests that this it's something not okay and people are mm. so worried about being sexually normal um mm-hmm. but you know what we have now you know again something i talked about in that mediated intimacies book i think was like that there is this idea that people should be having really exciting sex and like mm-hmm. you know keeping the spark alive in relationships or having really exciting hookups and stuff so there's this weird like walking a tightrope between not being seen as abnormal by revealing kinky fantasies you know and mm-hmm. desires but but being exciting enough and that's a really hard line to tread yeah. you know um and I, I think still really stops people from being super open you know about yeah. just you know that they really enjoy you know this part of the body or they really enjoy this this sensation or this particular dynamic or whatever I, I just think a lot of people aren't able to say those things um yeah although they may try these slightly more kinky kind of activities in order to be exciting enough that still may not be driven by what really turns them on it may more be driven by what they think they ought to be doing Mm. yeah it's really tricky isn't it because on the one hand it's kind of it's something that we really are disencouraged to talk about that there's so much stigma around um addressing addressing this as 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 an activity that we might want to do with other people yeah Mm. the other at the other end of things there is also so much information uh there is there are you know 50 shades of gray uh is was one of the most popular selling books ever uh, mm-hmm. And there are films that you've written about, <laughs> which I I have not watched. <laughs> I refuse to watch those films. <laughs> the first film is is strangely good, actually. <laughs> really? Just, well, they oh, did no. they just did a really good job of making a film of it. I think. <laughs> so, right. You know, um, but yeah, there's an from a from a sort of consent, you know, good sex kind of perspective. It's not necessarily what I'd be encouraging people to get into. <laughs> so, no. Yeah, so for for the reasons probably we're going to go on and talk about. Mm. Yeah, I'm actually stopping myself saying something liveless here. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, let's say it after, after we stop recording. Um, 
but yeah, so on the one hand, it's like it's kind of verbose and we shouldn't really talk about it. There's a lot of shame about it. But on the other hand, as soon as you kind of peer into um, what it is to, to do kink and, uh, you know, if you look on things like FetLife as well mm. or uh, if you peer into any communities, there's just so many stories about how you should be doing it, what it is yeah. to be really kinky, what counts as kink. Mm-hmm. And that sense of an escalator, but also that sense of you have to have, you know, certain amount of equipment your ds has to be mm. exactly like this the i just the idea that it has to take place in public the mm. idea that it has to be you know you have to, everyone has to be interested in dungeons or everyone might have yeah. even it's like it's really i think it so all it this makes, stuff comes together and it doesn't yeah. necessarily yeah exactly you can do kink with no kin, no kit at all it can be a solo yeah. or partnered activity or something you do in groups you know just yeah like like anything you know it has these diverse forms and i think this the kind of form of kink that again you see out there if you do get involved in communities you know again a few people have written about this it tends to be a very white very middle class mm-hmm. you know it, it relies on buying a load of stuff you know so mm-hmm. there's it's qu- and quite normative in in sometimes in the gender roles that are involved mm-hmm. and um so so again it's it's, it's one of those things where it goes so far into questioning some of the norms about sex in some really useful ways. You know, it takes mm. us away from the kind of PIV orgasm model that, that you and I criticise so much. But do, yeah. does it go far enough? You know, um, and some of the more mainstream communities, we could argue they, you know, it's, it's pretty much a lot of that stuff um, that we might want to be critical yeah. of just just in a, a slightly more alternative form. Yeah, it's creating a whole other new set of norms, a whole yeah. other uh, whole other crab bucket. Another, well. And a node, node more hierarchies where it's like, oh, you guys don't really mm. count as kinky or, you know, you're not really doing it pop- properly if X, Y and Z. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's one of the, the dangers with this as well is that um, and I guess a thing to look out for is when if you're feeling like you're being kind of bombarded with, you know, terms, I mean, mm. we're being quite coy even about defining what it is, right? I guess we might come back <laughs> to that. We probably but... should define it at some point. Yeah, yeah like, like, perhaps we'll co-create a definition of it at some yeah. point. But, um, <laughs> but if someone's saying, you know, if someone has very, comes at you with very specific terms about what this means and what you what your identity is and even, and um, rather than providing you with kind of like an invitation to explore some of this stuff then that creates another hierarchy doesn't it it creates a situation where one person with all of the knowledge and the expertise and the experience then has has power and often that power is not really um that power even outside of a king context isn't really interrogated enough so well yeah yeah. and again it's one of those issues with 50 shades actually that is very much Mm. a kind of very the, the the younger more vulnerable kind of with far less social power uh, far less financial power you know and is is new to all of this with somebody who has so much power in so many areas and also a load of experience mm. um and as we always say you know when there's a big power disparity it's that worth being super you know really talking about how are we going to do how are we going to do consent when there's that big a mm. power disparity between us is it even possible you know mm. yeah Okay, so um, let's, shall we try and have some kind of working definition of how, mm. of what it is we're talking about? Like, well, the <laughs> I guess B- we're, I we're guess applying, yeah. The BDSM is kind of quite a useful, very broad yeah. definition, which is, 
um <laughs> see if i can get this right bondage and discipline dominance mm-hmm. and submission and sadomasochism yeah um but so so quite often anything that involves yeah tying people up mm-hmm. discipline and punishment stuff Mm-hmm. Um, power dynamics, dominance and submission stuff. And sadomasochism usually refers to the more sensation-y kind of stuff um, mm-hmm. of it enjoying. I mean, they say inflicting pain or receiving pain, but we can we can kind of deconstruct what we mean by pain a bit here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a lot of people also would put fetish kind of stuff under kink mm-hmm. as well. So enjoying particular costumes or part of the body. Um, it really often gets used for just anything that isn't sort of yeah penis and vagina or kind of um oral and um kind of hand jobs and maybe a- yeah anal yeah. sex a bit on the on the kind of dividing line um yeah yeah it's super yeah it ha- does have that really broad definition just like mm. you know vanilla sex has this very broad definition and mm. yeah so i have definitely heard people say i'm into really kinky shit and they mean anal yeah. and possibly <laughs> handcuffs which you know yeah. Yeah, and I guess that's the thing is that there is also a very big difference between some activity. You know, you could do the same activity and it would be sex, and you could mm. do that same activity again and it would be kink. But you could mm. also do that same activity again and it would be neither. Right? It's yeah. a lot of this is about the context, isn't it? Well, exactly. So play piercing, for example, kink. Mm. You know, acupuncture, yeah. not kink. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I think yeah, sort of some of the intricate rope bondage you know begins to shade into something that would be art you know it's really mm-hmm. about tying people in certain positions and maybe taking pictures um mm-hmm. yeah there's, there's a lot of kink activities that can be done you know just for the sake of them and don't involve sort of genital contact or don't involve erotic stimulation so it's kind of like where they shade into something that you know there's um, a lot of spiritual practices that people have done through the ages that people mm-hmm. also do in kink and you know is it about getting a sort of spiritual transcendence so so yeah it's it's like some of them shade into other forms of sex and some of them shade into things that aren't sex at all um yeah and, and yeah who defines and what even do we mean by <laughs> yeah if something is you know sex like if it has some kind of erotic charge but what does that know? yeah yeah i mean at, at its very basic form a lot of people practicing kink don't experience like genital arousal i guess like or or the some of the things that are associated with sex right so they yeah. might not experience i mean they well again this is very very blurry so they might not experience an orgasm or they might not experience the kind of orgasm or the kinds of sensations they might experience from yeah but there can be different kinds of climax so like this intense stimulation can bring someone to a kind of high climax place yeah again that's that's a different from a say say a genital stimulation one um this sort of like emotional gasms you know that you can get from a, a really emotional scene um, yeah. So there's all sorts of ways to kind of reach a peak, but then mm-hmm. also there are plenty of forms of kink where it's not really about reaching a peak at all. It's just and just as you know, you could inv- enjoy a lot of sexual activities in a way that just stayed, you know, kind of on a a rather nice kind of calm level and didn't ever peak and trough. You know, the same can be the same can be had with kink activities. But I suppose another way is to think about some of the most common ones. So mm-hmm. like yeah, tying people up and spanking. Mm-hmm. Um, those and and yeah, so you, you mentioned like handcuffs. They, I think those two are a couple of the really common ones. Mm-hmm. Um, whether again, whether that's with equipment or whether just using you know household objects or or your own body, yeah. Yeah, and I think that there are some 
I think some of the resources that, dear listener, that you could access are some of, are things like how to do some of these things safely. Like there are some, mm. I think that, that, that most, you know, we would argue that a lot of sex and kink advice is probably quite unhelpful, but some of the really helpful stuff uh, is like, well, if you're going to slap someone, it has to be like the soft bits, like oh, stay mm. away from organs and yes. things like that. Yeah. Um, and you know and obviously there's a lot of consent work that can be done around this that we might talk about in a bit but there Mm -hmm. are some like um there are some quite basic do's and don'ts about some of this Mm -hmm. kind of stuff aren't there and things like what restraints you should use and for example don't they in uh, 50 shades doesn't he use cable ties yeah you wouldn't Um, yeah that's not a good idea yeah yeah well you can't well you can i would you know encourage people to use household objects rather than going spend a fortune you do need to think about which ones from a safety point of view and again yeah there is really accessible info out there in terms of some easy self-help books around and also um websites that that take you through those basics um and also just not feeling that you need to do you know it just doesn't need to be um yeah, it doesn't need all that money spending. And it, no. often it can be just about the, yeah, the sort of dynamics between people. So it can be, you know, hotter sometimes just to, you know, tell someone to remain still than even doing all yeah. tying up. So, you know, the, the sort of hierarchy where it's like intricate, you know, rope bondage is like the best thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, just telling someone to stay put is boring. It's like, no, actually anything on that spectrum could be an exciting kind of bondage, you know, for someone who enjoys that sort of stuff. Big time. Um, and it's about finding what works, you know, as always with with these things, it's finding that overlap, isn't it? Does it work exactly. for you? And does it work for you if it's solo? And does it work for you and anyone else who might be involved if it's with other people? Can I tell my amusing story about my mum and Fifty Shades before yes, we move please. on? Because it's relevant to what we're just talking about. So mm. a few years ago when Fifty Shades came out, my mum um, tried to embarrass me by saying, oh, I'm reading this Fifty Shades of Grey. I'm like, fine. And uh, she was like, are you, are you not shocked or scandalised? Like, no, you know what my job is, right? Anyway, and then um, I was staying with her and she wanted to go to, you know, like B&Q or other garden centres are available. And I just wandered off because I just wanted to have a wander off. And she says, uh, what were you looking at just then when I go and find her? I said, oh, cable ties. And then her <laughs> face just went very bright red, purple, you know, very, very embarrassed. I'm like, don't try and embarrass me. Don't come at, you. Come at the king, you best not miss, ma'am. And then we've never talked about kink ever since. That was it. Uh, Yeah, that's it now. I've closed the door to my mum talking to me about kink. Well, fair enough. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so it doesn't... Yeah, as Meg John was just saying, it doesn't have to... it, it, it It can actually feel like... Not mundane, but it actually, you can actually do quite mundane things in ways that are very kinky and very intense. I think that kind of comes on to mm. something I wanted to throw in here about intentionality. Like, mm. there is a, I guess, in the way that we are intentional in that we make some touch feel sexual, mm. um, and the way that we create the, the, the vibe where a touch could be sexual, we can do the same for kink as well, can't we? Mm-hmm. Where it's clear that this is something to do with um, power exchange or something to do with some kind of like playing with a role or, you know, there is a difference between uh, holding someone's hands down on the bed above their head, for example, in ways that can be feel quite vanilla and feel mm-hmm. not very uh, not having that charge. But there are ways of doing that just very subtly that suddenly mm-hmm. there is that 
there is that intentionality behind it. So yeah. how do we go around making things like that intentional? It's not, it's, I guess it's the, mm. I mean, having these kinds of conversations first are kind of important yeah. as well, aren't they? Well, I think it gets, you know, it gets away from this idea that's still in a lot of sex advice that, you know, it's best to be spontaneous and not talk mm. about things. And I guess, you know, it, this kind of stuff, you really do need to, you know, but you but you need to talk about it with, with all, you know. With everything too. Yeah, yeah. And, and I suppose, but I suppose what uh, kink really brings is that sense that it can be in and of itself really erotic to do that mm. process of figuring out where you're at. Um, and again, like really needing to open that wide first of like, you know tuning into yourself it's you know it's not about going into the kink world and seeing what's out there and thinking oh I better do this I better do that but much mm. more like the the inward tuning to fantasies to desires to what you find yourself watching or reading and like okay these are the things that really light me up and you know can I find ways to experience those on my own or in yeah. fantasy or with other people and you know articulating them to yourself and to others or it mm. may be articulating to the, them to others on a forum you know like fat mm-hmm. life or something rather than necessarily trying to find people to do that with but when you are doing it with other people yeah that you know really sharing openly and finding where the overlap is and then playing in that overlap you know it can be such an exciting thing because gosh you know it's, it really is the stuff that lights you up and that lights them up as well in a reciprocal kind of way yeah I guess there has to be that that's also that space to allow it to become though as well hasn't there mm. like it's the when there is this kind of di- this dividing this, this big dividing line which culture creates between uh, sex which is okay and kink which isn't then mm. it kind of it, that feeling like oh I'm, I'm doing this now or I am kinky now that that can prevent us from really finding out I keep using the word subjectivities now ever since my conversation with Joy Townsend oh, yeah. you know what that means mm. um, but you know really finding ourselves like figure the drawing and redrawing of ourselves is constant isn't it and that yes. happens with kink too oh yeah um, definitely that's, and yeah. that's the wonderful you know if you can see it as this process of becoming you know and and just learning constantly about yeah your kind of inner world and what really lights you up and what really turns you on mm. um but again wanting to take your time around that rather than it being you know yeah i think that that model where you're kind of intentionally co-creating a scene and mm-hmm. then you go in and you do those things and then you come out and there's some kind of a debrief and thinking oh well, how was that oh you know that moment when that started to happen you know or yeah. you know and then maybe next time we push further into that but you know I suppose the thing is that it often puts us in really quite altered states of consciousness hmm. um, and again this is you know this is something about those distinctions between the different aspects it is possible to do kink in ways that are pretty light and fun you know mm-hmm. or kind of almost like a leisure activity you know and yeah. there's others there's and it, sometimes it puts you in these really deep altered states of consciousness or takes you to you know kind of really old um childlike states or even traumatized mm. kind of states so um if somebody's in in that kind of place that's really not a good time to negotiate yeah no. doing something you know much more intense or going further mm-hmm. with something so well you know there is again there is this sense of like ongoing check-in while you're mm. doing it and seeing where the person's at just being really mindful i think of that possibility to be in quite an altered state of consciousness and erring on the side of caution at all, all times um but it, so that so having yeah having a real sense of tuning into yourself and another person and noticing 
when we're kind of in this what would we want to say like a kind of conscious state or a kind of adult mm-hmm. adult kind of state we can have these conversations like from the outside and also when we're kind of actually in it um and kind of distinguishing those it's important i think yeah definitely and i think that that allowing for for that to be a process uh, constantly is really important and so it's the mm. the classic way that it is kind of that that people uh the classic way that the, the should story around kink is that there is a long list of uh, different dynamics uh, that mm. might interest you, and people do. There are questionnaires like this on on FetLife mm. um, and other places. There are there's a long list of like different dynamics that might turn you on, and or, like questionnaires to help you find the dynamic that turns you on, and also like long lists of yes of things that you can go yes no maybe to. And the idea is that you go through all of those and tick them off. And certainly that's a very very that can be a very very useful approach. But if you don't, often the thing is that we don't know what it is mm. what it is that we're like until we start doing it. So. We also have to have that, as we've talked about so many times, MJ, the, mm. we have to have, in the combination with the talking about it beforehand, we have to also find ways to talk about it all the time. So during exactly. it, after, and then coming back to it. And it has to be that kind of constant cycle, that constant process, which is not hard work at all. And that is part of making this whole thing intentional. It's like part of, we are mm. doing some kinky shit, or we are kinksters, or this is, we are doing some kink play, we are doing scenes when we do this and yeah these are some of the potential this is how we might come to it so i guess the there con- are other things during it that we can do as well aren't there as well as just pausing and checking well, it yeah and i'm just thinking also there's a sort of way there's those ways of doing it sort of quite light as well so i think maybe some of the best times i can think of um like early days with somebody have been these kind of little light approaches of yeah like messaging fantasies mm-hmm. you know that's a really good one and it you know it can feel like in a bit of a kink dynamic to be mm-hmm. you know revealing a fantasy or whatever but it's kind of keeping it light and it's easier to you know you're not actually in it and doing something to have to say I don't want to do this or I do and then um I know someone who had these kind of cards I'm trying to remember but there were there were different cards for different kind of elements of kink and it was like you know either you had to say something or you had to pick you pick you had to pick three cards and okay. then you chose one of them which was the thing that you would try and do so you got some choice um and they were again fairly mild end things but you know just yeah having a kiss where somebody was kind of in in that more dominant or more submissive style or mm-hmm. a, a, a particular sensation play like having a clothes peg put on or something like that but it just was a really nice way of f- sort of lightly finding the way or playing a kind of, you know, strip poker or that kind of game, any mm-hmm. kind of game with, with the sort of maybe a strip element that then becomes like um, like a dare. But like, you know, again, giving someone options of like, OK, if you lost the hand, I want you to do either this or this or something. Yeah. Um, but the, these kind of ones that as well often have multiple options built in. So people are able to choose rather than feeling that they have to do something. Mm-hmm. But if but those kind of light ways are a really playful, nice way to just sort of tease out yeah where is somebody at what kind of things might they might they enjoy and again you can have a bit of a debrief after about what what somebody liked and wasn't and wasn't so keen on and it can definitely happen in things like sexting as well can't it like people Mm. might use a phrase that might indicate that they want a particular kind of power dynamic or Mm. they i'm trying not to be too um erotic i'm trying to do my i'm trying to do my kind of bland i'm a sex educator voice but you know (laughs) 
So I might be certain that apparently sends people to sleep sometimes. So you're welcome. Um, <laughs> we so... did a really boring podcast about kink where we both stayed very professional all the way through. Yeah. No, you have to stay awake for the really the kinkiest fuck yeah. blowjob tips at the end. You stay awake, dear listener. Um, yeah. um, so it definitely can happen that way. Uh, that you know people might pick up on a, a dynamic that somebody uh, might want, and you can kind of open a door to that as well, can't you? But mm. there are also various uh, non-verbal ways of communicating during um, anything that you might be doing, which is ends up or has you have intended mm. to be kinky so um so there's some really useful advice in here actually in the bottoming and in the topping book by uh Dossie easton and janet hardy about mm. um how even you can bring in pauses as part of a kind of kink scene uh, mm. and you can communicate in your almost in your characters in a kink scene yes. about whether something is going to happen or whether something was happening too soft or too or, or too hard or mm. um so yeah because yeah. people have that again that myth that it would like break a scene to somehow mm. do checking in but you can absolutely do, you know if you are in a dynamic you know of some kind you can absolutely do that within the dynamic mm-hmm. mm. and then also the usual things that would apply when we're talking about sex or anything else just noticing whether somebody um is moving away from you whether somebody has kind of gone uh passive notice whether what's happening with someone's eye contact or breathing mm. um is someone moving your hand somewhere else what kind of noises are, are they making are they yeah. noises of enjoyment or noises of too much mm. and again here we can also talk about you know people often just get very obsessed with safe words mm. um sometimes you might not be able to use words because you might have something in your mouth so mm. working out beforehand the different ways of saying of different ways of communicating is an important part of the the of making us an uh, intentional and consensual but again we would say that for all different kinds of activities too exactly and yeah exactly and there are like non-verbal ways of like giving someone like a ball and if they drop the ball then it's done or whatever that's mm-hmm. that's the same as safe wording but again like with safe words it's a bit like saying no in sex we have to get real that actually people find it very hard to say no, I don't want this. And they actually, st- you know, a lot of people find it very hard to use a safe word as well. Mm-hmm. So having stuff that's more about checking in, like where are you on a scale of one to 10, mm-hmm. you know, or traffic light system, red, amber, green, or that kind of mm-hmm. thing can be easier. And, you know, that you, if you're the one, again, it's hard to, you know, the, the, but if, you, if you're the one doing something to somebody, you know, yeah. if you're the top in a way or the dominant, then it's on you to make it really possible for that person and if it's early days it shouldn't be going anywhere near their edges you know um no. it should you know you've got it you've got to be really careful with this stuff i think you know again again like everything because yeah. you know any kind of sex has the potential to be re-traumatizing for someone especially when we are in such a messed up kind of culture and most people carry some experiences of um you know non-consensual sex mm. um but yeah with with kink again there is a the poten- real potential for re-traumatizing someone if you push it too far or mm-hmm. if you don't re- if you can't really read them you know again that that might be a sign that's yeah. not a great dynamic to play with if, if you're struggling to read where somebody's at you know no, exactly and also yeah. if you're if you're high from if, again if you are the top if you're high from the things that you're doing and yeah also out of the because we're also talking about as again as with <laughs> as with any as with anything we can we can be in situations where we are experiencing 
genuine you know a lot of uh, our brain being flooded with a lot of chemicals yeah which are which and also our body coursing with uh, adrenaline and cortisol which can put us in a very altered state Mm -hmm. and so it's really it we've also got to be aware with ourselves uh, of that happening as well as the potential for that happening with with someone else Mm -hmm. um and so this is all hard enough and tuning into the experience um ourselves is kind of can be hard enough because of all of the messages we receive from outside right and another Mm. message that we get from kink is this because we get it everywhere else in society and in in insects and the rest of culture is that more is always better that greater sensations Mm. we do more and more and more and we have like a peak at the end you know that's what we're supposed to do and that actually can be very dangerous in in uh, as as we keep repeating ourselves, can be very dangerous all the time. But there is definitely that sense of the idea of like in a proper in a commas kink scene that you're it's meant to get more intense. Yeah, yeah. And that it and that and and that can really be super problematic, aren't it? Yeah, I think it's just you know what's the problem in going slow? You know, in being you know just trying things out a bit. Yeah, it just doesn't need to be leap into something really heavy and intense and certainly sort of staying within the agreed parameters it's a bit like mountaineers or something you know they'd have an agreed like we're going to stay up there this long and if we don't make it to this next bit we are going to turn back and you know because they know that once they get going it would be easy to you know to veer off that because they're in that kind of altered state of consciousness or altitude or whatever's affecting them that's an extremely good analogy thank you is that one of yours um, I just I just thought of it, but uh, yeah, I've talked totally. to people who do. Yeah, I'm going to use think. that. No, that's good. Yeah, um, and it's it's still kinky, and you are still kinky, and you are still capable of doing kinky things and not doing things like you know the mm. the not doing something. If we we should be aiming for consent at all times, is something we've said on countless podcasts, and yeah. so not doing something, I would argue, is still has still is. It's you are still being kinky win. when you're not doing something. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's a massive win. You know, we always say like, yeah, to 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 make sure you stay in consent and don't do anything is way better than doing something and not being in consent, right? And I guess just yeah. to go back to our last podcast we did together as well about how we relate to each other when we're coming out of of lockdown and coronavirus. Mm. I think a lot of us are experiencing this now, aren't we? Like it's we've kind of made it okay for ourselves to have uh, a quiet night in or to stay home yeah. or to do things that are comfortable rather mm. than that pressure of always having to do the thing and yeah. so that's because we've given ourselves that it means we are actually actively making choices about the possibility of just not and yeah. that just not is okay now and it should be yeah. okay and also yeah. yeah just at multiple levels of this you know that it, you know it could be yeah, there could be really gentle scenes. I, I, something I quite like is, you know, I think that's Sari Van Anders' um, idea that you can have solo activities and partnered activities, mm. you know, whether one or more partners, and you can also have erotic ones and nurturing ones. Mm. Um, and I kind of think, well, yeah, we put so much emphasis on the partnered erotic, but when it comes to kink, as with, again, any kind of sex and all, all sorts of things, you know, we can do them solo or partnered mm-hmm. and they can be erotic or nurturing. And actually a lot of people are in kink for the nurturing, you know, mm. for these kind of dynamics that are kind of, you know, sort of teacher-student or parent-child or, mm-hmm. you know, n- nurse-patient, these kind of sort of dyna- power dynamics that are eroticized from wider culture or from our experience. Mm. And, you know, it may be that people don't want any, you know, 
of the things that we think of as kind of you know the discipline or the kind mm -hmm. of heavy sensations or you know um the the sm kind of side of it a lot of people aren't aren't into, into it for that it's much more this sort of nurturing you know being treated you know like a child mm -hmm. or a patient or something mm -hmm. or you know a, yeah sort of a, a student or yeah so those kind of role plays that yeah and and serving as well you know mm. some people are just really into kind of servitude and again it's just about being able to serve other people you know whether it's giving them a massage or making them a meal or something and you know that's all it's about you know all the fetish stuff where it's just about loving a particular part of the body and getting to spend a lot of time with it or dressing in a certain way and getting to experience that mm. so all of these, I suppose, we might see in the more nurturing rather than erotic quadrants. And just to say, you know, those are equally, just equally valid and fine. Yeah. And we, you don't have to, you know, involve a cane or handcuffs for it to be kink. Um, no. And similarly, solo is just as valid as partnered, you know, and there's so many ways of doing solo kink, whether it's imagining stuff or watching stuff or reading stuff or whether it's doing stuff to yourself physically mm. or you know engaging in role plays around the house on your own mm -hmm. um so many people really enjoy that but so many people feel they can't you know that it's stigma stigmatizing to acknowledge that that's the stuff they do mm. um so yeah just to say all of that's all of that's equally valid yeah and kinky af as well mm. like yeah 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 um i guess you were kind of uh uh leaning into this just uh, a minute ago but let's talk about the different meanings and the motivations that, mm. that people have for this and um, it's become a real cliche there are some cliches around this which sometimes are true but you know like the where people try to explain why people is that why people are into kink where they might not explain why people are not into kink you know kink yeah. is always the thing which is over-interrogated, over-analyzed because it's seen as not normal and not the default and therefore there must always mm. be a reason why people are into it. So a classic is the, you know, the high-powered man in a high-powered, stressful job who just wants to be dominated when he gets mm -hmm. home and, and, right, and no doubt that happens, right? But mm -hmm. it's, first of all, it is kind of a bit problematic to, to interrogate kink so much where we don't interrogate vanilla, yeah. right? Um, but people do have lots of different motivations for it. And yeah. I guess this is to do with figuring this out for yourself, isn't it? Well, I think that's and that's just important thing to communicate as well, because I think that some of the some of the times that have been most confusing to me is definitely where, oh, you know, this person was into it because they like the sensation. Mm. But I was into it because I like the power play. And like, yeah. this is such a mismatch. You know, I think there's even a, maybe a scene in Secretary, that movie where it's like, she's trying to get someone right. to spank her and you know she's she wants it for the kind of feeling controlled and dominated and the other person it's just about you know a fun sensation or whatever and it just doesn't work um so i think you know delving into like what it what motivates you or what it means to you one thing i wrote i tried to come up with you know like 50 different meanings for orgasm but also 50 different meanings for spanking to show that it's the mm. same you know so just as like orgasm can be like you know a nice release or it can be like it can feel really out of control or it can feel like this peak transcendent experience or it mm -hmm. can feel a bit blah or you know all these different meanings orgasm might have for people similarly if we pick something like bondage or spanking you know spanking it can be a really pleasant sensation on erotic part of the body it can be feeling like a child it can be wanting to be hurt it can mm -hmm. be you know feeling dominant it can be feeling safe it can be feeling endangered you know it can just be all these different things and it's you know useful you really want to know 
if you're playing with somebody and they want to be spanked in order to be made safe and looked after, that's going to be very different from somebody who wants to be hurt till they cry. You know, it's like a yes. really different. Yeah, you, you yeah, you wouldn't be wanting to do the one thing with the other. Um, yeah, so and I guess that's important. Yeah, and I guess that's one of the things that makes this quite fraught and tricky, I suppose, because it's definitely possible to do these things consensually where people have different motivations for doing it. But it's like if it's possible to have those meanings and motivations on the table beforehand, then yeah. you can deal with it. But then how do we how do we even begin to comprehend this when it's the first time it's happening so mm. that is why you know we go back to this thing of it's not just about clearly delineating what it is that you want to do doing the thing and then mm. looking forward to next time there has to be this like ongoingness to it doesn't there it's uh mm. and and that we're just going to keep learning aren't we because if, yeah. yeah first time something happens we might not know you know we might think oh i think i'd like spanking and then it happens and we're like oh my god I felt like a little kid and that was really hot or oh my god I felt like a little kid I never want to do that again because that's not at all something I want to bring into my sex life you know it's or I thought I was doing this in order to give them a punishment but actually it was an incredibly caring thing to do and I really enjoyed that feeling of giving some uh amazing care and giving them exactly what they wanted felt like yeah so there is also there a confusion a potential confusion around you know top and bottom and Mm. dominant submissive as well and where power actually is which is can be very interesting yeah I think I mean a lot of people say well it should be the the bottom or the submissive in a way who has the power because Mm. nothing should ever happen that isn't what they want you know um so in a sense you know you're working in the 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 field you're working in is is delineated by them so in that sense they have the power Mm. um but again you know the power the way the power works you know there's so many different possible like dynamics some people really enjoy but you know that sort of a, a pushy bottom you know mm-hmm. or a bratty sub or whatever you know somebody mm-hmm. who is topping from the bottom other people they want someone to go into this really like submissive state you know and just be really like yeah really serving or really pleasing so again thinking about the roles that come out I think that's a really useful thing and you know we sort of touched on that in our erotic fantasies scene didn't mm-hmm. we about um you know, for a lot of people, it's a lot about getting to be a different part of themselves that maybe doesn't come out in everyday life. And I guess your high powered businessman would be an example mm-hmm. of that, you know, but there's yeah. lots of examples where you get to be a bit like acting, you know, you get to be somebody you don't always get to be. Mm-hmm. And again, if that's in it for you, useful to talk about, you know, in advance or as soon as you figured that out, because, yeah. you know, that person you met in the club is not necessarily the same person you're going to be in in the bedroom or the dungeon or whatever. No, exactly. And I can also see how if for for, for people in um, couple relationships where this might be mm. something relatively new coming to the table, there's an awful lot at stake here, isn't there? You know, yeah. for a potential for somebody to tap into a side of themselves that they, that was a sense of it nagging away, but finally they've got some words or some feelings associated with mm. this different person they want to be and having an outlet for that can be very disruptive and can, and so... as well as all the stigma around this there is Mm. a potential for a large amount of change as a person as well isn't there yeah and you know in some ways you know it can be great if people are open to that because it can bring these really different dynamics to relationships and dimensions Mm. you know and can bring the erotic back you know because often the erotic is about playing in this sort of territory and Mm. that that can sort of go missing from quite companionable relationships over time not that there's anything wrong with that but you know if people want to get the erotic back then this is one way to do it but as you say Mm. can be so vulnerable 
to be seen by someone who knows you very well mm. in these kind of places. Um, you know, if you are going into altered states of consciousness or different parts of your personality or, or whatever we might want to call it. Um, so I think for some people, yeah, it can be really hard. And that's why I guess you often see people going off and having affairs to do these things or mm-hmm. meeting people online or something for it, which, you know, obviously can be fine if done consensually and openly, but isn't, isn't always. And mm. you know, that's part of the reason why is that it can be very hard to bring this into an existing dynamic. Well, I hope you've been enjoying this conversation so far. The full conversation is over at the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash culture sex relationships. We talk a bit more about trauma and we also talk about abuse within kink communities as well as just having a bit of a chat at the end. So um, please do, if you want to support the show and help pay me to make the show and also help me pay guests to come on, freelance guests to come on like Meg John, then please support the show, patreon.com forward slash culture sex relationships. Uh, you get extra bonus bits of content like this, extended shows, and sometimes I release shows early. And we've also got a Discord server where you can chat about the show with other fans. So please do head on over to patreon.com forward slash culture sex relationships. Cool. Thanks for listening. Uh, bye.